Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line Week 6 college football as we welcome you in. We're presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. He's Michael Lombardi hanging out there, Atlantic City, New Jersey, at the Borgata. We're going to switch it up a little bit today. I'm going to take a day off, and Michael Lombardi's going to host. Oh, boy. He's going to ask himself questions, and he's going to answer <laughs> his own questions. Oh, my God. We've made it by a moment. People don't realize I was actually could have possibly had to host this show without you. I'd be like trying to run. It's like the 76er offense. There's no, you know, nobody can really get into a flow. I would have been horrible, right? You know, it would have been bad. I'd have been talking about the videos on YouTube that I, not on Twitter. You ever see those videos on Twitter where the guys like they're, they show the construction workers that were there 20 feet, you know, 20 up in the air and they're moving around and I'm scared to death watching them. And these guys are moving around. I'd have been talking about that. God, thank God you're here, Patrick. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you to Jeff, nobody Stephen, wants to hear that. and the crew. Yeah, yeah the nobody crew wants to hear that. Command. We, got, we got in about 30 seconds to go, but we're good to go. Michael, good morning. How are you? I, I'm doing really well, Patrick. I'm doing really well. It's fall, October. We got a lot of good college games up. I get to watch Jimbo Fisher in primetime. Can't wait to hear all the love he's going to get about his offense and his design and his creativity and all that. I can't wait for that tonight against Alabama. We've been waiting for that game. I'm excited to watch this Mississippi-Arkansas game to start it off to 12 o'clock because I, I just really think Mike Leach does it. Inc- I don't know how he does it. I've been around him three days. I don't know how it happens, but it happens, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching his, his team, which is, has been branded as a soft team in the past, you know, all passing. But this is a physical team now. 
Mississippi State opened right around six and a half. They've jumped up to nine, nine and a half, hosting Arkansas. Arkansas coming off the beatdown, maybe a letdown spot against Alabama. I do like Mississippi State. I do like the quarterback. You like the coach a lot. It's going to be interesting. It took you about a minute and 22 seconds to take a shot at Jimbo. So let's talk about him for a second well, as Bama. I, that was a little long, too. That was a little long. I, that was a little yeah. long. Yeah, I, I just probably waited too long to get into Jimbo. I mean, same record <laughs> as Kevin Sumlin this. after three years. Let's just be clear and honest here so really has improved that program since he's gotten there uh look i I mean you know they can't move the football i I think you know one of the things that when you're a collegiate head coach because the landscape is so large i mean this is one of the things that bothers me about notre dame is when you are supposedly a guru which i'm not sure i've seen the ruin jimbo's guru but you, you could go out and get any quarterback you want you can build your team around the quarterback right and we know this in pro football that's a hard thing to accomplish, right? There's just the limited resources to get somebody who can play at an elite level in the NFL. But in college, there's a lot of guys. And your program can change direction just by one recruiting signing. Just get the right quarterback, run the offense that fits what he does. And, and in Jimbo at, at A&M, he really has never had that. I mean, they've really never had, haven't been able to fix the quarterback position, even though he's got, you know, the greatest recruiting classes in the history of football. Whereas, you know, he can make all the fun he wants about Nick Saban being narcissist and, you know, hard to work for and all that. He wouldn't be where he was without Nick Saban. Let's just put that out there. And second, you know, the fact that Nick always solves the quarterback issue. So to me, I, I think this is about leadership. It's about how to build a program. And, and as much fun as I make about Jimbo, I don't see it. I never saw it. I, when I went to Florida State when I was in Cleveland and I scouted and I watched the practice, I, ca- I walked away from like, what is the mystique about that? I don't get it. It looks like disorganization. That's what I felt like. Well, the quarterback is the question there at Alabama. Let me set this game up properly. So remember, we spoke with Vinny Maliulo from behind the book at the South Point yesterday. Remember in the spring when they released this game as far as a look ahead or game of the year, they had Bama laying 13 and a half. Bama is currently laying 24. That lets you know the expectations for these two programs over the last four months has changed precipitously. Now, Bryce Young hurt the shoulder, the AC joint against Arkansas last week, Michael. He's going to be a game-time decision. If he doesn't go, it's going to be Jalen Milrow, who is the fastest guy on the team. He looks like a linebacker, but he's a quarterback. Oh That's going to be a run. It's going to be a run-centric offense. Uh, quickly, just back to the number, 24. We did have some 24-and-a-halves. It popped back down to 24 pretty much everywhere. But this is a bitter Bama team that lost at College Station last year, and they're looking for revenge on Texas A&M. You know, just, just, let's just look offensively. Now, I know all of Alabama's stats are, most, are, 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 are involved with Bryce Young playing quarterback, and we know that their offense hasn't really looked as explosive as it has. Now, last week against Arkansas, they made a lot of explosive plays on the ground. But – you know, yards per play, A&M's at 5.2. Alabama's at 7.7. Points per play, you know, Arkansas, I mean, A&M's at 3.45. Alabama's at 7.12. I mean, there's a huge discrepancy between this. And for all the talk about Jimbo being this magnificent offensive ingenuity coach, you know, his, his run pass percentage is 50-50. 50-50. I mean, like, it isn't like he goes into it. His completion percentage is only 59%. In college football, 59%. That's really low. So, And their third down percentage is one of the worst in the country. So, to me, I think Alabama will play this game, will play this 
to manage the game with the quarterback, with Milrow. He's a runner, so they're going to have a sixth player in their offense, right? So it's going to be like Oklahoma's offense. We're going to use him in the single wing. I think that really helps them a little bit in the sense that they'll get more plays in the run game out of them. And I think the game, the under, will be in play here. And I also think that line has gotten too far away from Alabama. Yeah, the best unit on the field is going to be Alabama's defense, and they're going up against an A&M offense, who, by the way, Haynes King is going to be back under center. Max Johnson injured last week. So, Haynes King, you mentioned under, what, six yards per, per play as far as A&M is concerned. The one thing about A&M, Michael, they have to do everything perfectly. They only have seven plays of 30-plus yards, which means that every down needs to be perfect to keep those drives going. And now you're coming up against an Alabama defense that can wreck you. That is a terrible recipe for A&M today. You know, we talk about A&M's defense being really good, and it is. It averages 5.2 yards per play, and they've, they're fast, they're explosive. But Alabama, you know, they only give up 3.5 yards per play. I mean, think about the difference in those numbers, right? And so you could say, well, Alabama hasn't played anybody up to date. Well, neither is A&M, but they lost Appalachian State, right? I mean, Sam Houston State, were they a dominant program when they, well, you know, they beat them, th- but they shut them out? So to me – I think it's kind of an equal an equal look here, and just Alabama's defense is when you get a great defense against a bad offense, it's going to be hard for them to score. It's going to be hard for them to consistently, as you just indicated, to put six, seven, eight, nine plays nine. together that are successful. That's the hard part. You can make a play here, but can you put nine or ten plays together? And unless Alabama blows the coverage, I don't see it. The expectations were sky high this year for Texas A&M. They were sky high last year. They finished 8-4. and four. And again, Jimbo Fisher, who is vaunted as this genius, he's 1-3 against Bama. He's 1-3 against Saban, obviously, since he's been at A&M. And those three losses have been by 19 points or more. So we're looking at 24 today. The win last year at College Station, which was shocking. I think Bama, you've got their attention. The Texas one-point win last week against an Arkansas team that can run it on anybody. They beat them 49-26. This is a Bama team that's all of a sudden they're number one in the country again after a couple of soft efforts from Georgia. They're starting to wake up down in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, they are. And, you know, I mean, and if they can win this game with their backup quarterback – who, you know, I mean, he would be, let's face it, he would be a starter on most any other college team. I mean, what's the difference between him and K.J. Jefferson, right? Think about that, right? K.J. Jefferson's a lot They're similar. It's the single wing that they can run. Now, one thing about about playing this kid is the fact that you're going to be able to have a week of practice to be able to get him six, seven, eight, nine throws that he's comfortable making, right? So when you can do that, now all of a sudden his power and his run game – starts to play into effect. So you get more out of him. When you put him in the game immediately after Bryce Young gets hurt, you got to kind of whittle your way on the play sheet. They did a great job in the second half of running the ball against Arkansas. You know, they made horrible decisions in the third quarter. They made mistakes in the third quarter. But I think ultimately, with a week of practice, I think he'll be better throwing the football than he was in the first game. Yeah, and you're going to see with Gibbs, Brooks, Holden, and others, you're going to see some of those short passes, screen passes, get them out in space. You're seeing some of the, the guys on the outside and the running back, of course, there, Alabama, starting to get loose a little bit as well, showing some of that speed. It's funny because Jalen Milrow, who we think, and let me just be very clear, it's a game-time decision for Bryce Young. It's an AC joint. From what I understand, you can't hurt it more, Michael, but it's a huge pain tolerance situation. Yeah. So my assumption right. is Milrow's going to play. It, 
it, what's funny about this, so Jamison Williams was on this team last year. Milrow was the fastest player on the team last year, is what I understand from this Alabama team. And he is honestly, he's huge. He looks like a linebacker playing quarterback. And, and, and don't you think this game's got some meaning for this kid, right? Milrow's from Katy, Texas. He's from Katy, Texas. He's a Texas kid. He's in the backyard of A&M. You know, and he goes to Alabama. This is like, I'm sure when he was growing up, he thought he was going to go to A&M or Texas because most kids in the state of Texas, that's what they think of. I'm going to go to A&M. I don't think the country understands how important football is to A&M. Like, it's, it, you know, you go to Kyle Field there. It's, it's remarkable. It's a huge stadium. Uh, you know, go back to the Jackie Sherrill era before you were even born, Patrick. I mean, it was incredible there. And then R.C. Slocum takes over. And that program, you know, they were in the Southwest Conference at the time. But that's a serious, serious program. Bum Bright, the former owner of the Cowboys, used to be able to fund this program. I mean, that's how serious they were. There's a lot of guys in that state that are Aggies that really want this program. And for them to have the same record after three years – that they've had with Kevin Sumlin. That's a huge disappointment. And this kid coming back or playing against the team, I, I, I think it's kind of it, – it holds significance. This is a huge day. We're going to come back and set up the schedule properly. Of course, we'll get to Bama hosting A&M, but you've got three ranked matchups this Saturday. Utah, UCLA, Tennessee, LSU, TCU, Kansas, and all three the road team is favored. Think about that. All three the road team is favored. You've got Bama, A&M. You've got Georgia hosting Auburn. You've got Ohio State traveling to Michigan State. That's the big three as far as college football is concerned. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Michael's going to break down the latest YouTube with guys dangling above. Construction what is workers. It? The guys hanging out on the buildings. Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm scared to death watching it. I can't even watch it. I get scared to death. <laughs> you get clammy hands. We're back here at Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, dance bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Express Bet horse racing fans, here are the top horse racing plays from Express Bet handicapper Jeff Siegel, both at Santa Anita today. In race nine, Jeff likes the two horse, turn on the Jets at four to one. In race ten, Jeff has the five horse, Hawk of War, on top at seven to two on the morning line. Bet both those races and more at First Bet, Vsin's preferred horse racing app. Get that $10 free when you sign up right now uh, on the First Bet app. And if you use the code HORSE200, you get 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. It's wagering at over 300 tracks, artificial intelligent assisted picks. So again, they're on top of everything over at ExpressBet. For more information, go to vcin.com slash horses. That's vcin.com slash horses. Okay, we got you back. It's week six college football. He's Michael Lombardi there in Atlantic City. I'm Patrick Maher here in Los Angeles. This is vcin, the sports betting network. We buried the lead coming in. You see on the graphic here, the most betted game of the day is TCU Kansas, which makes a lot of sense yeah. because the epicenter of college football today is Lawrence, Kansas, <laughs> as TCU and Kansas it's so good, both isn't undefeated. It? They're going to battle for Big 12 supremacy. And it's funny because the irony is you've got the Red River Showdown, Shootout, whatever you want to call it. You've got that going on in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl with Texas and Oklahoma. Both those two, te- both those teams are three and two. Of course, Oklahoma just absolutely got boat raced by TCU last week, and TCU heads to Lawrence. Now, an interesting move here, Michael, because this is a big one. TCU's on the road at Lawrence, Kansas. This number opened five. It's been steamed up all the way to eight. So TCU yeah. right now at most shops, lane seven and a half, eight. Well, we'll have Matty Humans on later in the show, but listening to his show last night and this morning, uh, I mean – Five of the 16 sharp guys in the contest all love Kansas today, and I think it's pretty clear why this number's moving. I think the, the, the people that use algorithms that, that handicap this game sees it as a good value and at five, and so that number has moved all the way up. And I think, you know, last week Kansas only scored 14 points. They showed against an Iowa State team they were able to come through and win the game. You know, they've averaged 41 points a game. Typically, they're the 12th best offense in the country in terms of points. You know, they're, they're, they move the football on the ground. They can run it effectively. Their, their relative rushing offense is fifth in the country. I mean, they can run the ball. 
And, and so defensively, can they stop this? TCU with the big win last week, I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. And I think the fact that, that everybody is playing Kansas in this game is somewhat remarkable and how well Leopold has brought this program back after just two years. It's fascinating what TCU did and Sonny Dykes there, his first year at TCU, what he did last week against Oklahoma. TCU ran up almost 700 yards on offense against Oklahoma, which is just unbelievable. Now, that's two straight losses for Oklahoma. We'll get to them in a little bit. But what you do have here with TCU and Kansas, two great ground attacks, Michael. Oklahoma ran for 360 yards. Excuse me, TCU ran for 360 yards against Oklahoma. And Kansas, until last week against Iowa State, which was a bit of a gut check, had run for 200-plus against everybody. So these are two really, really dynamic teams on the ground, TCU and Kansas. Yeah, I mean, and look, you know, if I ask you who's what's the second best offense in all of college football in terms of points scored, you know, would you say Alabama? Would you say, you know, uh, Ohio State? No, TCU. I mean, think about yeah. that. Think TCU is unbelievable. They average seven yards per play in a game. You know, they run for over 250 yards. And it's it's really and everybody thinks it's all about their their passing game, but it's really about the spread and how to run the ball in the spread, and they're doing a really good job. So that, like you said, this is I think everybody's going to play the under over in this game because they're seeing two high powered offense. But when you run the ball as much as these two teams do, I think the unders in play. The total, it's a big one. I'm glad you brought it up because right now it opens 68. It's sitting 69 pretty much everywhere. So we've got a nosebleed as far as the total is concerned, Michael Lombardi. That one's up there. Let me see. Right now, this is the most heavily bet game over at BetMGM. You have 60% of the bets and 68% of the handle on TCU. So we've seen that number move up. The total, yep, you nailed it. We've got 65% of the bets and almost 75% of the money on the over there at Kansas. Yeah, because I think what people think is, look, they're, they, they're, this is two high-powered offenses, which is true, right? They play fast, which is true. But unless they make an explosive run, you know, then the, the, there is a methodicalness to the game, if that's actually a word. And I think ultimately it slows the game down. And if you're Kansas or even if you're TCU, you kind of want to slow the game down, right? You want to be able to convert third downs and, and kind of slow this down and, and pace the game in the right way because unless you make explosive plays, it's hard to get the, the game into the 40s. And both teams' run defense will be really challenged, especially their run defense against a spread formation. So you've got Oklahoma and Texas today at the Cotton Bowl. And game day went to Lawrence, Kansas. So game day, our buddy Chris Felica is going to be there, TCU, Kansas. How about Kansas? I love they it. covered eight straight games dating back to last year, winning four times outright as a dog in that stretch. Once this starts to creep up to eight, now we're through. Of course, we opened five, five and a half. We're through that seven, which is still a key number in college football betting. We're getting closer to eight. We're starting to get to a number where you have to almost buy it on, on Kansas. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it is uh... – I think Leopold's done a remarkable job. It's like when people Tremendous. say you can't win at that school, you can. You can win at certain places if you understand what you're doing and how to build a program. And what we talked about with Jimbo not fixing the quarterback position, Leopold's done that. I mean, he has fixed the quarterback. He takes a kid from California that's nobody wants, and all of a sudden this kid's one of the best quarterbacks in the country in terms of a dual threat. 
He's done a hell of a job. And it could, because it, remember, your boy back in the day, 06, 07, like, big t- Kansas was a deal. Why, why is his name slipping my mind? The big guy. You remember. Mike Mancino. Really, Ma- 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 Mancino. Mancino yeah. won at Kansas. And then it yeah. just Turner Gill and Charlie Weiss and name after name, Michael Lombardi. It's been ineptitude there at Kansas. Leopold wasn't a big name coming in from the Mac, but has come in and all of a sudden turned Kansas into, again, a ranked team. Game day is there. They're 5-0. and It's an incredible story. Yeah, and he took a lot of the Buffalo players with him to Kansas, which just, you know, obviously he can – he was really good at evaluating talent. And then the Daniels kid, he gets him to come in from California, you know, and and there you go. And now we're off to the races, and, and he's got an offense that can run the football and control the line of scrimmage. And, and look, he, it's, it's, an impressive, it's an impressive turnaround. And they can play defense a little bit too. So it, it isn't like this is just a, a fluke that they're undefeated. It's not. Neither is TCU a fluke, you know. I think TCU needed a little change from Gary Peterson. Dykes has given them that, and the ability to control the pace of the game and control what they've done. I mean, last week they they whooped our Oklahoma. They took it. They took them to the woodshed. There's no denying it. Yeah, Jalen Daniels, the kid right down the road from me here in California. All of a sudden, he's a name on the scene. He had his worst offensive game to date last week uh, against Iowa State. I think he had just a little under 100 yards passing, nine yards rushing, but he has throughout the year, averaged 9.2 yards per attempt and then 7.2 yards per carry on the ground. So, again, he has been really, really good. And Max Dugan on the other side has been awesome for TCU as well, obviously. Yeah, and look, the, the both both programs, and they want to run the ball. I mean, they want to run the ball. They lure you. It's a little bit like the Philadelphia Eagles. You think they're throwing it, but ultimately at the end of the day, they really want their success of their game is running the football. There it is. So two great offensive attacks there. I just can't believe it. It's, it's, it feels like Kansas. Remember, we had been talking for years here on the Lombardi line about their season win total sitting at one and a half, maybe two. They've been the butt of the joke for years and years now. It's flipped. Nebraska is more the butt of the joke. And Kansas all of a sudden has game day and a 5-0 and unblemished record with TCU in town. It is, it's really fascinating because we're going to get to the Red uh, River rivalry here in a second. But just the idea that Kansas is back on the map. And my assumption is Leopold is going to have opportunities to leave if he wants. Yeah. I mean, and I think Kansas should, should do whatever it takes to keep the coach there. You know, and give him the things that he needs to do because you're not going to, you know, you finally found a coach. You better you better pay him and you better keep him. You better give him some time and and go through some of the ups and downs that go through. If if it's worth it for Bill Self to pay him, it's worth it to pay this guy. You know, it's funny. I was watching Rutgers play Nebraska last night and and Rutgers quarterback situation. As much as I love Siano, I mean, it's just hard to watch. It really is. I mean, and there's the difference. Rutgers got a good team. They should be a little bit better. But they've not solved the quarterback problem. It's really hard to watch. They can't get – I mean, they're rotating three quarter. One of the kids they rotate in – I mean, I went to the Ocean City High School game. I'm not sure that kid could have completed passes at Ocean City High School. Like, it was bad. You know, and, and, and Liam, that's to me, if you don't fix the quarterback issue, I don't know where you're going. Like, you can do all the other things in college football, and it all goes right back to Jimbo. If you don't fix that and you have the ability to fix it, it doesn't make any sense. You mentioned we've got Matt Eumann stopping by at the top of the hour. We've got our buddy Carl Johnson coming up in about 15, 17 minutes here. Coming up next, will he or won't he 
Dylan Gabriel. That's the question mark at quarterback for Oklahoma. You've got a 3-2 Oklahoma team, a 3-2 Texas team. Last year, it was a stunner. 25 unanswered for Oklahoma to win it, 55-48. Red River Shootout is coming up next right here on the Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Michael's fired up. They dropped the puck on the regular season in hockey NHL yesterday. NHL season is here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The v Hockey Season Prep Guide is available now with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Annie McNeil, with predictions for teams win totals, daily betting tips. You got it all there. Also, if you're new to the sport, as far as betting on hockey in the NHL, we've got you covered with three things every new better has to understand. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back here on a cool, crisp October 8th as the fall Beautiful is officially day. upon us. It is a perfect day. I was I always check your weather. All the people in my life, I don't know about you, but I have on my phone, everybody that I kind of uh, associate with, I check their weather every day. And you've got literally too. the perfect fall weather day there. Yeah, I, I do too. The only other place I have on my phone weather-wise is Minsk because when I was in Cleveland, I felt like I was living in Minsk. It was always overclouded. It was always cold. So I always wanted to compare Cleveland's weather to Minsk, and I've never taken Minsk off. I could tell you exactly what it's going to be like at Minsk, Minsk today, even though I'm never going to Minsk in my entire life. But not to change the subject here, but you know what shocks yes, me please. when I look at the college board today is that the Texas A&M game, the Alabama game, it's not a highly bet game. I thought that would be one of the most highly bet games, whereas Tennessee and LSU is significant. I mean, tell, they have 62% of the ticket, 62,000 tickets. Now, I know it starts at 12, and the other game doesn't start till 8, but I'm surprised there's so much little activity on that game. Well, Tennessee, LSU, all of a sudden, LSU drops the opener to Florida State. They've won four straight. Kelly's doing a hell of a job with that program. That's going to be an interesting matchup because, remember, Tennessee coming off a bye. We'll get to that. Well, let's just roll this. Stephen and I were discussing it during the break. Think about today's lineup. You've got Bama, Texas A&M. You've got Jimbo, of course, and Nick Saban, that drama. You've got Georgia hosting Auburn. Okay, we'll see if two sluggish performances continue for Georgia. You've got Ohio State at Michigan State, but then you get into Red River. It's still one of the biggest rivalries in all of sport. you got TCU 17 at 19 Kansas. you got 8 Tennessee at 25 LSU. You've got 11 Utah at 18 UCLA at the Rose Bowl where there are going to be 10 people there. You've got BYU and Notre <laughs> no, Dame. No, Utah will have people there. Utah will have people. There will be more red than there will be the blue. I can tell you that. But just think about this. Also, BYU, who's ranked against Notre Dame, who busted out against North Carolina, all of a sudden, those two religious schools, ironically, are going to be playing in Sin City there in Las Vegas yeah. at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play. I mean, it's it's really a, what a great college. And it starts at 12, and it won't get over till midnight tonight. I mean, it's a lot of great games and a lot of fun to watch. So it's the perfect it's the perfect fall day. And, and there's some other good – I mean, you didn't even mention Arkansas-Mississippi State, you know, which is good a, another good game. We didn't even talk about any of the – you didn't mention a Big Ten game in there, you know. And so, like, Michigan's at Indiana. I mean, there's at least there's so much so – much, to watch. That's what makes it. Or, you know, Kent State's going to Miami. I mean, there's another one I'm going to watch today. I can't wait. 
It's a great day. Oklahoma, Texas. Let's get into it. You can call it the shootout. You can call it the showdown. You can call it the Red River rivalry. Whatever you call it, it's been awesome. Last year was no exception. Again, 25 unanswered in the second half by Oklahoma to win 55-48. They've won four straight in the series. These are two, three and two teams. It's interesting how they both come into this matchup. Oklahoma, again, allowed nearly 700 yards against TCU last week. That's two straight losses. They were seven-point favorites against TCU and got beat 55-24. Here comes Texas. You know, Texas has an interesting resume. We're not the biggest Sarkeesian fans here, Michael, but, you know, a 38-20 win over West Virginia, a one-point loss to Alabama, who's number one ranked team in the country. This is a very fascinating matchup with a big number. As you take a look on the board right now, I've got Oklahoma catching. We had it at eight yesterday. Let me just make sure I get the number right. I've got Oklahoma catching anywhere between seven and a half and eight with Texas laying it. Yeah, and it got to nine. It got to nine in some shops. Yesterday, uh, you know, it was at nine, and now it's come back down to seven and a half. And and I think ultimately here is uh, that's a lot of points in a rivalry game like this. To me, you know, both Oklahoma didn't play well. I think the question on Dylan Gabriel's got to get answered. Is he going to play or is he not going to play? And where is this Texas offense? I mean, you know, they scored, what, 38 against West Virginia last week. You know, Texas Tech beats them in overtime. Texas Tech comes back in the game to beat them. I, my question about Texas with Sarkeesian and the offense that's supposed to be so good, you know, they average 4.8. You know, they, they haven't solved the quarterback problem. Now, maybe they're going to solve it with, with uh, you know, Arch Manning coming in next year. They've had all five-star recruits. Are they good enough at quarterback? And are they tough enough on defense? I think that's the main, main thing, and we're going to find out. Look, I think Oklahoma's in a transition, but I also think Texas is in one too. They haven't really – to me, this is year two of Sarkeesian. With, with, a lot of, with a lot of NIL money, and they haven't really been able to get over the hump. We talk about them as a rebuild. Texas should never rebuild. They should always reload. Well, Texas is going to return Quinn Ewers, of course, the five-star kid that transferred from Ohio State at quarterback today. Remember, he was knocked out in that Alabama game, Michael Lombardi. They do have Bijan Robinson, who's the best back in the country. I think you nailed it as far as what I'm looking at, and that's the total. You're looking at a total right now, right around 64 and a half. These are two defenses that are suspect. Up front, Texas is very good, but obviously Oklahoma – Uh, clearly a concern on that side of the football. It's interesting with Dylan Gabriel, whether he plays or not for Oklahoma under center, Venable said it was either going to be Bevel, General Booty, yes, I'm not making that up on a Saturday, that's the name of the kid, or Nick Evers to start. My assumption is Gabriel doesn't play just because it's a concussion, and right now so much of this concern, and it's a point of contention around the idea of a concussed kid like this. And as we learned yesterday, Oklahoma has a, an unbelievable program on concussion protocols, right? And so their right. trainer, Scotty Anderson, that kind of went through this. And, and so it would seem a little odd to do that, you know? I, I, my question is, do, you, do we think, even if Quinn Evers plays today, do we, how good do we think he really is? I know he's a five-star. I get that, right? But how good is he? Like, do we think he's the answer? Like, I didn't get that sense watching him play. I really didn't. Well, Ewers is—he's a kid with a funky delivery. He's just got it. He's got a cool mullet and a funky delivery, but it's a one-year deal, right? Because Arch Manning's coming to Texas next year. Arch Manning's not going to Texas to sit for a year. There's no chance that's going to happen. That's one of the biggest recruits in the history of college football. He's going to play. So Ewers, a five-star kid, he's got this year, the rest of the way.
Yeah, I mean, this year, and then, he, you know, one thing about uh, the, the transfer rules in college football, you can only do it once. Now, unless the team lets you out, you can do it a second time. But I, I think, to me, i got to see more out of them, and today's going to be a fun day to watch them. And I think Venables, look, Venables is all about the front. If you look at Clemson's teams when he was there and they played great defense, he's really good at adjusting during the game, and his fronts usually dominate. I don't think he has that dominating front at Oklahoma that he did. At, I know he doesn't have the one that he had at Clemson, so I think that's going to take him some time. This is always a game that goes back and forth. I don't think any lead's safe as we saw last year. I agree with you. The Again, last year, 55-48, so you do the math. That's over 90 points scored, 25 unanswered for Oklahoma in the second half. We talked to Chris Plank, who Oklahoma Sooners radio down in Oklahoma. We talked to him yesterday, and he was all over taking the eight, eight and a half yesterday. What did we get up to? Did you say we got up to eight and a half yesterday? I believe no, we, got we, yeah, we got to nine yesterday. We got to nine. We got, up, yes, we we got, got up nine. To nine and, and actually, actually, as I look at my board today, you know, there are there's still so I think I think there's a couple nines. No, it just went down to eight again. So it's it's really like that nine is not going to stay. If you can get the nine, it's not staying. It's consistently now eight and trending to eight, eight to seven and a half. And Plank was all over taking the points with Oklahoma. And, and the it's, money split down the middle. The money split down the middle. The ticket count split down the middle. The money split down the middle. I, I really think it's studying college. I don't get a handle on college based on the money splits. Really, I don't. I don't think that low ticket, high money – I don't get that at all. I think college is about specific games that you really have a good feel for, and I don't think you can really gauge this based on movement, you know, based on where this is going. I think you've just got to handicap the game as you see it because in pro football, you know, we were talking about this this morning with Thomas Gable. I mean, I mean it's 51-11 and 11 that the point spread hasn't mattered in pro football this year. Can you believe that? 51-11. and 11. incredible. That's it. We're going to have to have him expound upon that because that's something that's kind of been floating around, which is incredible. Okay, you have to expect Venables, who's a defensive-minded guy, to have a little bit of a correction. However, I watched that TCU-Oklahoma game. TCU could do whatever they wanted. Now, Dykes runs that air raid, so it's a little bit different. It could be a little tricky to defend. But we're talking 700 yards TCU racked up against Oklahoma. I mean, that is yeah. unbelievable. That's why I keep on targeting the 64 and a half, 65 on the over. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you make a lot of point there. And, and I think, look, with Oklahoma, I, I mean, here's only so much he can do, right? It's players, coaches, and schemes. So how much can he do it? And when we look at it, you know, they've given up. I mean, they're – I mean, Kent State had a Kent State was seven to three at the half in that game, if you remember correctly. Now, can they went on to win thirty-three to three? So I, I just think to me, this is a team that's I know last week kind of mess, messes them up, but they're two hundredth in the nation in total total offense allowed against them, Oklahoma. I don't think that's a fix based on the blackboard. Death Valley during the day doesn't have the same bite as it does LSU hosting a game at night there at Death Valley, oh, yeah. eleven a.m. local with Tennessee in town. We're going to talk about that one and more with Carl Johnson, live from the Beauvoir next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. 
your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you got a friend, refer a friend. That's BetMGM. If you want 50 bucks and you want to hook your friend up with 50 bucks, it's pretty simple. It's BetMGM's refer a friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account, click on the refer a friend program to send your friend a message, invite them to register. Once they make a bet, you get 50, they get 50. It's that simple. It's a great deal. Again, you got to be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Go to BetMGM.com for News and information, promotional offer not available, Mississippi and Nevada. As we welcome you back here at Lombardi Line, week six, college football. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. He's Michael Lombardi hanging out at the Borgata there in Atlantic City. We're going to head down to the Bayou, Biloxi, Mississippi, and bring in our partner, Carl Johnson. He runs the race and sports book at the Beau Rivage. And as we say good morning to Carl, you were saying during the break, what a hell of a day for football today, Carl. Hey, I mean, can you, can you, we're already in week six. I mean, look, what a great TV. I was telling Michael off air, this, this may be the best TV schedule that we've had for this season. 
uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, the thing that makes it so good is we start early and we go late at night. And let's start with the early game. Like, Carl, is it typical that LSU plays the the 11 o'clock start your time, 12 o'clock our time? I always felt like they play night games all the time. Is this just a scheduling quirk by the TV networks? Because LSU, I mean, because Mississippi State and Arkansas are playing at 12. Yeah, no, this is, you know, this is different. I mean, this happens occasionally. Uh, but, you know, the the mystique of LSU football is that 7, 7.30 p.m. kick, Tiger Stadium. I mean, those fans have had all day to, to uh, do their couchon delay and drink their beer and, you know, get uh, get soaked up with that and get loud. So this is a little different. You know, these 11 o'clock starts, um, you know, I, in my opinion, I think it favors Tennessee a whole lot. And Tennessee's lane three here. I'll get the number down at the Beau Rivage. Some of these numbers can be quite regional. Of course, Tennessee fresh off a bye, Carl. So this is interesting. Heupel and Hooker have been a tremendous combination. They run the fourth fastest offense in the nation. But LSU's bounced back. Remember that week one loss against Florida State where they probably should have won the game. They've won four straight since then. This is an interesting matchup. Yeah, it really is. I mean, look, uh, LSU has found a way to win these games, you know, and that's, look, that's the sign of a pretty good uh, little program. I mean, you know, sometimes when you're not at your best, you find a way to win. That's the whole key. Um, Tennessee's going to give this team some problems, you know. This offense for Tennessee, I mean, LSU's going to have to try to keep pace here. Uh, We're at three with even money, um, so it's kind of bordering between two and a half, three right now. Uh, total went from uh, 64 to 65, uh, and a little thing, something a little that we're unaccustomed to also uh, is Tennessee's getting the money here with us, uh, 60% money, 60% tickets. You know, I, I think a lot of that too, Carl, is I think there's a sense that Tennessee's defense, you know, everything, everything you always hear about Tennessee is their offense, their offense, and you know, it, it, I know they haven't, other than Pitt, they really haven't played in Florida. They played Florida and Pitt, and Pitt, that road game was, I don't know if it was as close as the score ended up being, but but I think their defense is a little bit better. They only give up 19 points a game. You know, they're able, they're, they're, they're 54th in the country in allowing yards per play, which to me is more important than total yards, especially when you're a team like Tennessee where you get ahead of so, so many people and the yards are meaningless because the clock's your opponent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mike. I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if, if you know, if LSU needs to keep this game close. They need to be able to run the football and pass the football with a pretty good mix. You know, if Tennessee gets way, way out in front here, uh, it's going to be tough for LSU throwing the football. Yeah, I think the edge for Tennessee, Michael, you nailed it. They allow just 97 yards on the ground. That's 21st in college football. LSU runs for 196 on the ground. So it's kind of strength versus strength there. Tennessee advantage on defense. Tennessee advantage on offense. Let's go Auburn, Georgia, Carl Johnson. What do you got Georgia laying there up in Athens? Yeah, it's a bunch. Uh, we opened at 29 and a half, 49 and a half. Uh, down, uh, bet down now to 28 in 49 and a half. Uh, Auburn's getting the money here. The people are taking the points. Uh, about 70% of the money and 70% of the tickets uh, heading Auburn's way. Do you think a lot of that is because, I mean, look, I was all over uh, Georgia last week against Missouri, and actually Missouri had a chance to win the game outright. Forget about cover. 
you know, they easily covered. But to me, you know, this Auburn offense is so bad. I mean, they're like almost 200th in the nation in terms of points scored, you know, yards. They're really not very good. They struggled to score points against Missouri. They struggled to score points last week. They lost a, a close one to LSU. But I, I feel like is this going towards Auburn because of how Georgia has looked offensively? Because they did not look explosive in the last two weeks. Even against Kent State, they couldn't really muster very – I mean, Kent State put 22 points on them. I mean, think about that. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Mike. Um, you know, these, these past few games here, they haven't looked very sharp, you know. And, and look at that total right there. So you got such a big point spread, and then, you know, for that point spread, you got such a low total here. So yeah. uh, I think that's what the handicap is, is that it's going to be, you know, Georgia's offense is not the way it used to be, but their defense is strong. Uh, maybe a low-scoring game here. Well, you mentioned, Michael, Auburn's offense struggling. They score a touchdown on just 17% of their possessions, which is yikes, against yikes. a Georgia defense that struggled a little, little, a little bit against Missouri. However, they're, at, they're giving up 10 points a game and 264 yards in total on the year. This is not a great matchup for Auburn. Look, Robbie Ashford's no, going to be it, a good quarterback there at Auburn, but this isn't the year. I think this is a tough spot for Auburn, too, because if they get blown out like we expect them to do, I think that'll be, that'll signal the end of Harson. Auburn's already in the process of trying to find an athletic director, which has nothing to do with their head coach because we know they have their own way of picking a head coach at Auburn. So I think this is one of those games where we're seeing college coaches get fired. I mean, Paul Chris gets fired at Wisconsin in season. I mean, the guy didn't deserve it to get to the end of the year, but I think we're going to start to see that here. And I think this could be one of those games could that it really would affect Harson. Carl Johnson, TCU, Kansas. We're going to go uh, Big 12 here. What do you've got? Now, this number, I don't know if you opened it as low as five, but I am seeing eights pop up on the board here. Yeah, so we didn't open until seven, Patrick. We opened at seven and 69. Uh, we're at seven and a half, sixty-eight and a half, and hey, hey, how about Kansas? I mean, uh, you know, sitting atop the the Big Twelve, baby. I mean, five and zero. Oh, I mean, Incredible. you know, this is you don't think this is a weird football season? Just check that out. I mean, you got Kansas yeah. sitting atop the Big Twelve, Nebraska sitting atop the the Big Ten West. I mean, it, it's a crazy year, brother. It's so good. I love it. You know, it, and a lot of it goes right back to this transfer portal, where you can, if you get a quarterback. And you get some other pieces. You got a chance. I mean, Arizona's got three wins already this year because of the quarterback and the two receivers they have. I mean, it really comes. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Well, yeah, speak, I agree. Speaking of quarterbacks, we've got Texas, Oklahoma, Red River here, Carl, and we don't know about Dylan Gabriel. My assumption is he doesn't play because, as we mentioned, the concussion. Uh, but you got a big number in the uh, rivalry here. What do you got, Texas laying? Yeah, opened at seven sixty-five and a half. Uh, we went to eight. Uh, actually, we was at eight and sixty-five and a half this morning when we opened the door, and right now we're at eight and sixty-four and a half. So that under got popped a little bit this morning there. Interesting. Now, how about let's go through the big three. We went Bama, A and M. Where are you right now? I. I don't know if you heard the conversation earlier, but the South Point opened that look ahead back in May at like 13 and a half, Carl. And now I think most shops have it 24. Yeah, we did too, Patrick. We opened, I think we opened this game uh, uh, months ago at like 13, maybe 13 yeah. and a half. Uh, uh, and then uh, the reopen, we opened at 24, 51 and a half. Uh, right now we're at 23 and a half, 48. 
Uh, I mean, man, this is the kind of game I wish that they would do like a celebrity boxing match at, at midfield before the game, you know, with the, <laughs> with the two head coaches. Uh, you know, they could sell some. I mean, that would, that would be HBO stuff, baby. Uh, but, uh, you know, Bama is getting 62% of the money, 58% of the ticket. So, and that's an unusual ticket count. Most of the time when we, when we book Bama, you know, we're looking at a 90 and 90 there. Yeah, don't you think this line's – I mean, look, I'm no Jimbo fan, but I, I think this line's kind of gotten a little bit out of control. What are your thoughts, Carl? Yeah, you know, we look, we had a uh, – the great Bill Berman and Steve Bruni's had a great argument the other night on our podcast. I mean, they, they fought about – it was so much fun. Um, th this is a big number, you know, and I, I wanted to stir the conversation on, so I told Bruni's that Bama was going to hang 62 on this team. Um, you know, I exaggerated that, but they may. Uh, but I don't see a whole lot of scenarios where Texas A&M can win this game. They got they're going to have to keep this game under twenty for I think for them to have a chance. I, I like I, I saving. I like to get into that Jimbo is a great coach argument with Shri with Stevie Shrimp. I like to get into that argument at one point, and we can settle that one once and for all. <laughs> One, yeah. one more is the podcast, Bo Ravage's The Book. It's going to be busy today. 30 seconds, Carl. What are you eating today? Well, Lombardi put those steaks on Twitter, and, I mean, he's got me all screwed <laughs> up. So I'm eating a piece of meat today. I don't know what, but I'm getting <laughs> Stop by the Bo <laughs> Ravage. Say hi to our guy, Carl Johnson, who runs the race and sports book. You can find him on Twitter, at Chick Jack Johnson. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate you. You guys have a good day. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 